Hey, people of Earth, welcome back to Good Humans. I am excited about this episode. It's a little bit different, but I think you guys will like it. So we're going to get into that very quickly. I just want to tell you a couple things first. Uh, number one, go to the website and get some free stickers. Uh, just goodhumanspod.com. As soon as you hit the homepage, you'll see a pop-up. And just follow that to the page, request your stickers, and I'll send some out along with a personalized note. Um, and thank you for visiting the website. Feel free to poke around too and take a look at the rest of the website if you would like. Uh, number two, we're going to be doing a giveaway very soon. Um, so stay tuned. I think on the next episode of the podcast, I'll have details about what we're giving away, how to enter and all that good stuff, but it's going to be really awesome. So stay tuned for that as well. Uh, and then lastly, if you're a fan of books, specifically audio, uh, you should check out audible.com. Uh, they're a sponsor of the podcast. So what that means is our listeners get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the podcast, uh, of the podcast, of the service, if you go to audibletrial.com slash goodhumanspod. Uh, they have tons of audiobooks to choose from. And so you'll get to download one free audiobook and try out the service for 30 days. Even if you, even if you cancel, you get to keep your audiobook. That's yours always, which is awesome. Uh, but they have a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, I finished a book not too, too long ago called Bitten by a Camel, um, which was really good. I have one by Richard Rohr that I'm going to be listening to pretty soon. I've listened to several of Rob Bell's books on there. And a friend just recommended a book by Reza Aslan called Zealot uh, that I think is going to be really good too. So check it out. Uh, there's all kinds of books about all kinds of things from all different kinds of authors. CJ Castiata, uh, who was on the podcast not too long ago, has a book on Audible now. Uh, his book is called Get Weird. And he reads it for the audio version. So that's pretty cool. So if you haven't already, check out audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash goodhumanspod uh, and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. And it helps out the podcast too. That's all I want to tell you. We're going to get into this episode. Thank you for listening. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. And I had this is, I think, the first time I've done this on this podcast. I have three co-hosts in the same room as me today. Uh, so actually, I'll just let you guys introduce yourselves. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Ooyang Kim. <laughs> I don't know why he said it like that. <laughs> uh, my name is James Lee. And I am Dan Shin. Wow, Dan. Nice. <laughs> Professional. So <clears throat> um, we are, hey, I guess, I didn't know until I got here, but I guess this is a uh, late birthday bash slash farewell party. Um, as I mentioned, I think on the last episode... Cecilia and I are moving to North Carolina, so we're hanging out and doing fun stuff, and so we figured uh, the guys would record a podcast before we leave, and that's fun. So, uh, Uwe, I think you've been on a podcast before. I have, and um, I thought that would for be my, my bachelor party. Yes. Yeah, and you thought that would be the first and last. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Surprise. But I'm back. Have you guys been on a podcast before? I think I was in a podcast for my journalism class in high school. Nice. I think Dan's full of crap. That never <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, just kidding. I have never been on a podcast or right. anything. Yeah, like this. 
So so kind of podcast virgins, yeah, mm, so to speak. Okay. So <clears throat> the way this is going to work is I have some very hard-hitting, thought-provoking questions that I'm going to ask. Uh, some of them, well, you know what? I'm not even going to give you any kind of a preview. I'm just going to hit you with some thought-provoking questions, and we're going to see where the night takes us. Um, so put your thinking caps on, because this is going to be tough. All right? First question, if... So we don't have to go in any specific order. Just whenever you have your answer, you can just go ahead and say your answer, and then we can discuss. And if other people have other answers, we can discuss those too. Ready? All right, let's do it. Question number one. You are tasked with solving world hunger. What is the first thing you do? So this is more of a instinctual question, like the first thing that pops in your mind Sure. about the best answer. Like, like, the president of the world tasks you with solving world hunger. What's the first thing you do? I'd probably feed the most hungry. <laughs> okay. And work my way to the least hungry. How do you gauge who is the most <laughs> yeah. hungry? Skinniest. <laughs> <laughs> get everyone on a scale? Maybe. So none of us get fed. Ouch. <laughs> I go from third world country to second to first. Okay, that's a fair. What's the first third world country that comes to your mind? First third world country. You're thinking too hard. <clears throat> I want to say like some where in Africa mm. or like Southeast Asia. Mm. One of those. Areas. Wakanda. The, the town of Wakanda? No. <laughs> no Wakanda, Illinois is not the, the that far from there. So my brother actually lives in Wakanda. Oh, okay, so. cool. All right. Yeah. Darn, I thought I was going to get you with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Dan is a much better human than me because I thought about logistically how I could go about this. And the first thing I would do is find the richest people of where I am and just tax them. Boom. Add, add probably like a 15, 10, 20% tax. Like if I'm the president, you're going to have to do that. So, I was just for some reason Jeff Bezos, his picture just flicked in my mind because he's the first hundred billionaire or like two hundred billionaire, mm-hmm. however rich he is. But he's I'm only like, half that now, right? Maybe. Oh yeah, his his but wife then, got his wife got oh, a big geez. chunk. Sorry, Bezos. <laughs> big chunk. <laughs> Sorry, Bezos. I'll give you a call later. <laughs> talk about, talk through that if you. Do you have his number? Uh, Amazon hotline. Okay. <laughs> but no, so I would, yeah, I, I just, cause I, yeah, I just thought of it mer- very methodically. Like what, how did that, it's, it's going to take, go it's going to take funding. We need money and we're just going <clears> to <throat> the crap out of rich people. There you go. But what about like imperfect produce? <laughs> <laughs> That's a thought provoker. I'd like mm. to turn it to Uyong for his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I mean, just to go another route, I was thinking about, uh, buffets. And how about we we close those down? Because I think close. I, think, I thought you were going to say open them up. No, 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 no. <laughs> For no, everybody no. to come the other way. No, no, no. Because if you think about a lot of ways. Think, think about the concept of buffets. Mm-hmm. If we're trying to solve world hunger, we're just right. you know overfeeding people who can afford to go into buffets. Right. Wow. And wow. so I I think we should get away from that concept. And and this this hurts me because I I live to eat. Yeah. 
and not, you know, eat to live, which is kind of, you know, what we're trying to solve here. Um, so I would say close buffets and change the infrastructure of how food is, um, I don't know, like produced and created and, you know, just just so much waste. And, and I think a lot of it goes to the U.S. So how about we we change that and, and kind of shift that to, to the countries that need it? I like it. I like it. The I I think I read at one point that the biggest problem in solving world hunger is not there's there's more than enough food to go around to feed the entire world. We produce mm-hmm. way more food than we need. It's just transportation is the like the biggest issue which takes like money and rethinking how we're using food and bad produce is a is a problem as well. Um, good answers. Good answers. Okay. Question two. If your five-year-old self suddenly found themselves inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? Probably hit the gym. <laughs> My five-year-old what? self would be like, what happened? <laughs> in, these, five- in these 27, 26 years, what did you do to your body? Your five-year-old self was very concerned yes, with yes. your, your yeah. image. Or I don't know if this is su- just subconsciously me just feeling guilty and, and just letting myself go. But Okay. Now I'll, I'll get back to a, a real answer, but, you know, it's just a knock on my... No, I'm not bashing that If that's your answer, <laughs> I'm not bashing it. I just don't know what that many five-year-olds that are no, worried no, about their no. their core. Right. I feel like my five-year-old self will do what I'm already doing. Conning? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of work is probably just watch TV. Oh, fair. Be a couch potato. Mm. You know, eat eat ice cream, which is what I do when I'm at home. Um. My five-year-old self would probably be um, telling me to rally up my neighbors, like up and down my street, Mm. and let's just get out, kick a ball around, um, just spend some time actually getting to know neighbors and none of this stranger danger, you might be a killer next door (laughs) kind of thing. And Because those are literally some of my fondest memories growing up is like block parties, being out, like rollerblading around with yeah. Like, yeah, just friends are on the block, um, literally just knocking doors like, hey, Todd, come outside. Um, we're all hanging out. We're all running to this guy's house. Ding dong, ditching, et cetera. Like, <laughs> Playing football yeah, so and baseball. Probably, yeah, be like, go talk to your neighbors. <clears throat> were you the kid that would like initiate the the neighborhood games of w- whatever you were playing? Were you the kid like going and like gathering up all the kids? No, but I was I was one of the younger ones in the, in my block parties. I was always some, one of the youngest, two older brothers. And so um, they would usually like lead us out, but I was a big follower and, but I was always down to do whatever. Like if they wanted to play football in the street and, you know, like sort of try to block cars from passing <laughs> us and play tag, et cetera, I'd always be so down. Mm. Um, yeah. Dude, I miss, I, I do miss those days yeah. playing with neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. Dude, just, just the, the idea of playing full contact sports with no equipment or pads and having not a care in the world if I broke a bone or not. Because when you're that young, it heals way better <laughs> than if you break a bone at this age. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I don't usually feel old until I think about things like this. Because then I'm <laughs> like, I, I don't think I would do that now. I probably would because I'm dumb. 
I, I think if my five-year-old self inhabited my current body, I, I would probably go on the most epic spending spree yeah. there ever mm-hmm. has been. Well, I mean, as much as my bank account could <laughs> handle, which is not that much in the first but place. Like but like for what store? What would you first get it on? I would spending. probably go straight. Well, since Toys R Us right. got saved mm-hmm. last minute, I'd probably. I thought Toys R Us were all closed. No, some like dude, I think some like millionaire it. somewhere like ended up buying the company. So like saved mm-hmm. them at the very, very last minute. So they're technically still in business. I don't know, like when they're gonna like reopen a bunch of their stores, but like that or like a KB. Like there was a KB Toys in the mall that we used to go to when I was a kid, and it was the most magical place. And I would probably just go buy a ton of Transformers and video games. And what's the equivalent of a Toys R Us to an adult? Age? Yeah, <laughs> for I think for me it's probably the comic shop because mm-hmm. there's there's not. There's pretty much nothing in the comic shop that I wouldn't buy if I had the money to buy it. Like, if I could afford to just take one of everything, I probably would. Yeah, sadly, now it's replaced with <coughs> just, like, the Target aisle of toys, mm-hmm. the Amazon yeah. toy selection. Like, it's, I don't know if toys are just less popular with kids these days, yeah. but no more stores dedicated to toys. I can, I can think that of. is sad. Yeah. Mm. Are you guys, do you guys have like the collector bug? Do you guys like collecting things? Hmm. I have that really bad. That's why I ask. It's part of the reason I collect comics, but like I like collecting things in general. When I was a kid, I did too. So do you collect to like retain the value of the item that you're collecting? So that appreciates? It depends on what it is. Like there are some things like, uh, if it's like collect like action figures and like little mm. stuff like that, it's really just like have it and like, right. like just have a collection. I don't know what it is about having a collection, but uh-huh. it's fun. Comics like there are comics that I like. I just like to read, so I buy them like on a monthly basis because I'm following the story. Yeah. And then other comics, I'll pick them up because I'm pretty sure they're going to be worth something at some point. Mm. So I have like a mixture in the okay. comics, like. There are, I have a bunch of comics that aren't really worth anything, and then I have a few that are worth like a few hundred bucks, like here and there. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of a mixture there. Because I think I, I don't think I collect a lot of stuff, but I think when I was a kid, like, I collected all of these action figures, and I feel like had they been in a box untouched, mm-hmm. they'd probably be worth a lot. <laughs> because you consider like my nephew's toys and how fragile and different they are from like action figures that we grew up with mm-hmm. i feel like they're just you know crap compared to what they used to be i had um i had star wars action figures and like a millennium falcon and like all this stuff like i had a ton of star wars toys <clears throat> and if i had kept those they like even out of the box like played with mm-hmm. they'd be worth like pretty decent money yeah. at this mm-hmm. point and i don't have any of that stuff anymore because i'm a dummy yeah. Actually, I think it's because my mom just sold all that stuff at <laughs> a yard sale. Dude, my mom one time, bless her heart, I don't I don't know if she's going to listen to this or not. My mom one time, so I collected comics when I was a kid too mm-hmm. and like video games and stuff. <clears throat> so my mom one time, like it was like close to the end of school. It was like May. And I went to school one day and I knew that my mom was going to be doing a yard sale that day. And so she was like, set out anything like you want to sell or whatever and like, you know, I'll give you the money for it. 
So I sent out like a few things. I didn't have much. I came home and my mom hands me 40 bucks. And I was like, wow, you got $40 for my stuff. And she was like, yeah, it was like pretty easy. And I was like, cool. So I like went upstairs, like put my 40 bucks in my drawer where I put my money and didn't really notice anything for like a couple of days. And then it came like Wednesday came, which is comic book day and went to the shop, got my stuff, came back home and like go to put them in the boxes and all of the boxes are gone. All of them. And then I like, because that was like a big empty space right next to it, it was where like my Atari and my Nintendo and like all that stuff was. And that was all gone. And I was like, that's weird. So I went and asked my mom about it. And she was like, oh, that's the $40 I gave you. So my mom sold my entire comic collection (laughs) and like pretty much all my video games for 40 bucks. And I had one, I know for sure I had one comic in there that right now would be worth like four or 500 bucks. Wow. It was Spider-Man like 123 or something like that. It was like the first time Mary Jane found out Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oof, worth some money. But yeah. It's Spoiler just, alert. <laughs> it's just a story of my bitterness from my childhood. Um, <laughs> all right. Question number three. If animals could talk, which animal would be the rudest? Are we talking about like domesticated animals or considering <laughs> wildlife or I, I I think anything. Everything's fair game in this one. Uh so I'll say <clears throat> not to sway anybody, but I'll say I have a feeling cats would be pretty freaking rude. Yeah. Um I think I think even cats in the wild would be rude. Mm-hmm. Although they'd be like street rude. They'd be like mm-hmm. they'd be like wild rude. Like like street ruffian rude, but like cats, domesticated cats would be like, yeah, like rich people rude. Right. Mm. They're all from, they're all the same. I, yeah, I think, and I, I have a cat, but <laughs> I think a contender would be pigeons. I'm just dude. Thinking, I hate birds. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at pigeons. They're just. I think they're out to get us, and without even speaking, I think they do a lot of that by just pooping on everything. That <laughs> they communicate on. that pretty well. Yeah, so I think if they can talk, they would just. You know, egg us on, be like, yeah, hey, we got you. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep. we're coming for you. So, I don't know. Every time, like almost every morning when the weather is nice, and my wife and I are walking to um, the blue line to go to work together, there's a flock of pigeons in like this triangle of space right where you enter the train station. And they always like charge after her. And I think oh. it's because they know that she broods. <laughs> hate for them <laughs> and without fail she like shrieks um and she'll just say she'll just yell at them like oh you ugly flying rat <laughs> and i just sit back and i'm just like they're not that bad but yeah, it's kind of weird i i don't think they'd be the rudest but i do get a weird urge whenever they're kind of like flying low to my feet just to like punt one of them <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to be rude to them yeah, <laughs> yeah like I think they deserve to be rude too. Right. Um, Pigeons are probably like humans are the rudest. Animals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm just trying to avoid them. Um, but for me, I, I was thinking kind of a foolish answer. Um, but I think maybe a giraffe. 
because he's so tall. And, you know, just like he's got that like snoop, snooty little like neck, you know, yeah. <laughs> like three feet neck. And it's just like I'm always looking on top of you. Y'all chums are so <laughs> short. Like superiority complex. Yeah, exactly. And he'd get eaten alive by a lion because he's so rude thinking, dude, look at this little shorty. And it's like, oh, where'd all my legs go? <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> Wait, you think a giraffe? Yeah, yeah, I could see them. You know, They're always, you know. I was I always got a good vibe from giraffes. <laughs> yeah. Where if anything, I felt them? like giraffes would be like like adorably dopey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not though. But I don't know. What about a squirrel? You think squirrels? So, and the reason why I think a squirrel is kind of rude is a way that it just kind of like you know it just harvests in front of you. And it'll like eat. It's not like staring straight at you. Staring straight at you. <laughs> it's just like it. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's not very considerate about anything. That's true. And it it they'll usually like sabotage your bird feeders if you yeah. have bird feeders. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess any rodent is pretty rude. Mm. That's fair. But That's fair. That was a good one. Get them all. Get them all in a room and let them battle it out. All right. Um, mosquitoes. Oh, that's a that's a good call. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about insects. Like insects. Hate. Mosquitoes are the worst. I can't. I know there's like a reason for every animal. You know, like they say, like if one animal was totally wiped out, like it changes the whole ecosystem, and then like it has like global effects and like all this stuff. Like they talk about spiders. Everybody hates spiders, but if spiders went away, like mosquitoes and other bugs would be like out of control. I can't think of one negative thing that would happen if mosquitoes were just gone. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it yeah, they they added value. They <laughs> only seek humans. Like <laughs> human blood. Oh, I read a thing one time. I can't remember what all the criteria were, but like it was like all the genetic traits that make you more attractive to a mosquito. And I think there was like four or five. And I had like all but one of them. Mm. So you get stung a lot. I get bitten a lot. My blood is stanky or something. <laughs> I I get like two mosquito bites a year. Oh, uh, that's crazy. Like never. And my friends will be out and they'll come back in with like <laughs> 10 on each shoulder. Yeah. And I'm just like, I almost get jealous. Like <laughs> something's off. Like what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't do well in like, like, like South Asian countries like Thailand and stuff like that where there's just like a ton of them or like Africa or the Amazon. Okay, this is a big one. Ready? <clears throat> you are tasked with achieving world peace. All right? You have conquered the problem of world hunger, and so the president of the world now has come to you and he said, you did such a good job fixing world hunger. I need you to achieve world peace. What are some interesting slash possibly fun alternatives to war that countries could settle their differences with. Mm. So like if killing each other is out. Mm. I feel like water balloon fire. It's funny that you said that because the first thing I could think of is like a tug of war. <laughs> like just like some sort of outdoor bonanza, like right. 
like sort of like a field trip vibe. <laughs> so we're gonna send we're gonna send countries to summer camp is essentially yeah. what we're saying. Oh man. So what wait, so how would you score a water balloon fight? I've been in water balloon fights as a kid, but what bothered me every time and the same with water gun fights, what bothered me every time is there's no way to tell if there's a winner. And I'm fairly competitive, and I don't like it when I play a game that has no winner. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think it'll actually work, because <laughs> <laughs> the team that wastes or goes through all of the water balloons first would obviously lose. Mm-hmm. But that means countries that have more resources or more water balloons... <clears throat> Would likely would. Did you just use salt water? <laughs> like seawater? Oh, you could. I think you could. <laughs> so we'd, <clears throat> on we'd, we'd end up having to set up, like, instead of nuclear treaties, we'd have to set up water balloon treaties yeah. and, like, monitor countries <laughs> that are stockpiling water balloons. Hmm. Oh. Or, I mean, you can't really, you can't really be mad after a water balloon right. fight. Yeah. So maybe that's just the point. You're just, like, lowering... Yeah. All the tension. Unless right. you get decked Lost in the face thing. from like a four-story high building with a water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason on that specific <laughs> is there's this YouTube troller, and I think he does pranks for a living. And I think one of them that kind of oh, I know the dude you're talking about. Um, you know, usually they're borderline controversial, but this one was just savage. As he threw it out of a window, his body was recording. He his head popped back into the room, so. Um, nobody could see who did it and it just smacked somebody in the head so oh hard they God. fell. Oh no. <laughs> it was all on tape. Like hilarious to watch. <laughs> but um, Can you imagine being that person though? Like yeah. you have no idea yeah. that's coming. You're just going about your day yeah. and you get hit <laughs> so hard by a water balloon it knocks you down. Wow. Yeah. Like at that point it's just like a pimp smack. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's not even it feels like a water balloon. That's pretty rough. So yeah, people oh. could still get mad after a water balloon. <laughs> what about like what about like playing ping pong for like like if Israel and Palestine had to like <laughs> play ping pong for who controls the Gaza Strip. Right. <laughs> I feel like be a lot of pressure to be good. I, yeah, I feel like ping pong is still too competitive, and it could lead to it could escalate to different. You know. <laughs> we can have ping pong riots. Right. And I guess I, I don't know. I, I guess it. paintballs out then too, because that's still a fairly violent sport. No. <sighs> Pillow fights. I think, I think you just have to remind everyone who participates that it's. A game. So regardless of what it is, they have a better attitude about it. <laughs> just it's really just go out there and have like, fun. Right. It's really the person that's <laughs> uh, sour attitude that everyone is musking up on. It's and just a game, but um, have a good attitude. If you lose, you lose the Gaza Strip for the next hundred years. Literally your country's future is, <laughs> yes. is in the balance. Here, so. Come on, Dan. <laughs> you got to get that land, dude. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy to think about, though. That there really is not too much I can think of besides just who has the most bodies left yeah. to actually inhabit the place that you're trying to conquer. That's, or that's pretty much been the rule for crazy. forever. 
whoever can kill the most without getting the most killed. What a downer, huh? All right, yeah, next that question. A, that was a rough one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's some ice cream. No. This is, <laughs> we got shakes on the way. This is this is I think one of my favorites on the list. <clears throat> Are you ready? <laughs> I have a follow up to this too that's not on the list, but I'm gonna ask it after we figure this one out. All right, ready? How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I immediately thought of Zelda, the most killer chickens when, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, when yeah. you anger one, and they all ambush you like hell. <laughs> but that's that's how many chickens would it take to kill a small boy? How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Do chickens fly? Ch- I think chickens can like boost their jumps. Okay. I don't think chickens can actually fly. So they'd have to climb on top of each other to get to the elephant's head. Probably. Sounds like an interesting question I just missed. Yeah, so the question... <laughs> we had to go take care of, of the baby. I think she, it looks like she's all good. Uh, <clears throat> so the question was, how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Oof. I'd say in the hundreds. Okay. What, like, what kind of strategy are these yeah. chickens employing? To kill an elephant. Elephants can be pretty fierce if they're like... Right. I think so. Chickens can fly, right? (laughs) There's probably somebody listening to this right now that is screaming at their (laughs) car radio or their phone or whatever, saying the answer. Yeah. And it's probably the opposite of what I said, which is I think they can like boost their... I think they can like jump and then like get more distance on their jump with their wings. I don't feel like they can fly, though. Mm. Would you guys be completely angry if I asked Siri? Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Can chickens fly? All right. Getting rough connection here. Yeah. <laughs> Siri Very doesn't know either. Let me, <laughs> let me see if... Can chickens fly? Did you accidentally summon me? <laughs> It picked up the question, and she's like, I can't believe you're asking me this. Siri, can chickens fly? Here's what I found on the web for can chickens fly. Uh, let's see. Oh, it looks like it, it, looks like it might be possible. Mm. You might have to edit this part out. <clears throat> nah, this Siri, is good. Siri, this is, fail. This is a good podcast. <laughs> the sh- oh, oh, the short answer is yes. As always, though, there's more to the answer. So read on, my friends. Our backyard hens are the noble descendants. Of, uh, the ability of a chicken to fly is usually determined by their breed type. Heavy breeds such as Orpingtons and Wyandots. I'm not making those up. I've eaten those. Uh, they may fly, quote unquote, about a foot off the ground for a very short distance. Oh. I mean, that's all we need, though, when we go back to this question on, on how many chickens and, and what the tactics would be. I'd, I'd say, and, and for this to happen, for these chickens to take down an elephant, I think there have to be some martyrs. Some that, like, go and, and, and like, kind of yeah. go and take the first, you know. It's probably a numbers game. There, you know, because how many stomps can an elephant do before yeah. the rest of the chickens, you know? Wait, because that changes a lot. Because I was thinking, like, the elephant doesn't fight back. You think it's a kind elephant. I thought <laughs> the question is, 
how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Yeah, but the ele- the elephant's gonna fight back. Okay, so the elephant, yeah, trunk, does. tusk, and all. Okay, you then know? I would say five hundred. Five hundred. Really? You're- I think I think you could get lucky. So I'd say like you can have a batch of like t- twenty chickens. No and way. If you're, the t- <laughs> if you're at the top, twenty of a- scrappy no, chickens. No, hear me out. Again, this is very um, situational. But if you're at- if the elephant's at like the top of a pretty steep hill, and let's say that one foot whatever species of chicken it can fly. Yeah, the Orpington. Let's say it can fly one. F- Foot, and the elephant's just trying to step, <laughs> and then the chicken just flies and he trips and just tumbles down the mountain. So you're now it's just okay, like wait. step, oh, and then stumbles. In down. this in this situation, not only do we have chickens attacking an elephant, we have like really smart chickens yeah. attacking an elephant on the edge of a cliff. This is like, yes. It's like <laughs> Angry Birds. Like, style. are you like is Chicken Little your favorite movie? <laughs> wait, chicken, which one's the chicken one with run. the really chicken run? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, maybe it's Chicken yeah, Run. Because sorry. those guys are smart. Okay. All right. All right. So what one answer we have is like five hundred ish. Yeah. And hey Josh, do you have a lot of trollers on your pot? Am I is it gonna be like, hey, whoever that guy who said twenty is an idiot? Are we gonna get some comments? Are we gonna put me down? I not yet, but I, this could be the episode. I mean you gotta it. understand James is a, a part time chicken breeder, so I think he knows which ones. Yeah. How many? You're up to what? Like twenty yourself right yeah, now? Yeah, right? they're all so. like it's like three hundred, and like, they're like they're like tough yeah, chickens. I think they could. They're even like, if they're outnumbered, I think they could. So you're it. saying your chickens could take down an elephant? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, trip that. <laughs> trip that junk. <laughs> <laughs> trip that trunk. Uh, okay. So my fu- this this question was not on the list, but I have to ask it now. Um, the follow up to this is how many. Four-year-olds, would it take to kill you? Uh, I thought you were about to say an elephant. No. This is a messed up podcast. (laughs) You. (laughs) How many four-year-olds would it take to take you down? And, and... Again, this we're talking about like a life or death situation. Like you got to fight back. You have to hit this. Yeah, child. and and I understand you guys. Like James, you're an expectant father. You guys already have kids, so I can I can cut that out if you want to. <laughs> but I don't know how many people that you know are listening to this. So, <clears throat> so like you got you got to fight back. I understand you guys have kids, but oh man, I feel like thirty. Is a good number. Just thirty? Yeah. Wow. Like I feel there's something in me where it's like, oh gosh, there's thirty four year olds <laughs> trying to kill me, and it's like, I feel like I would just be like, all right. I'll you don't think you would just like, just just like ar- just them. arms, just like, <laughs> just like punching like ten of like, them at like, a time, yeah. like clotheslining every single one that comes yeah. your way. Yeah. Like these are we're talking about four year olds. It doesn't take much to like put them down. Right, but <laughs> if I saw thirty-four-year-olds with the intent of killing me, like why are they trying to kill me? <laughs> like, he's getting real. It's a really real question deep now. Like, let's let's say it's like a children of the corn situation, oh. and they formed their own little society, and you're an outsider. Yeah, like and so you're really smart. you're a threat to their way of life. Okay, so as children of the corn, <clears throat> they must be like possessed, right? Is that what the movie? They. No, it's just like kids that are like very separated from society, and okay. so they formed their own little society. But are they like, are they like extra strong or extra? No, they're just like normal. I, I think Dan's just looking for like 
something to justify that he can hit these kids right. and, and take them down. So yeah. no, we're t- this is a life or death situation. Yeah, so if you don't hit these kids, you're dying. Like you won't be able to go back home to your child, right? If Ooh. if you don't make it through these. So how many before you're like, I got, I can't make it home, baby. <laughs> this was the last one. I'd probably see a thousand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That, that see, when you bring lot. real life, you know, family into this, right. it brought Dan's answer to one thousand. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I could take out a bunch of four year olds yeah. before they right. before they get me. Like I'm thinking, yeah. like Walking Dead, like scenario where you know, if I was an S- I watched the show, just like hordes, you know, and just hordes, and these guys get through like you know, adult size zombies, yeah. and <laughs> I think I can. I think I these, can get through hordes. No, these are four-year-olds that are like punching, kicking, biting. Wow! Like yeah. they're they're, they're doing anything. They can do a lot. Okay, so, so you're gonna have to be pretty aggressive. So, so okay, so I'd this is more of um, it comes down to my stamina. I think probably. I think that that's where it limits my my the number of four four-year-olds that I can take down. So, um, based on my exercise history. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the fact that your five-year-old self would hit the gym first thing. Exactly, yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to cap it at... Like 14. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not that out of shape, but... Let me add, I'll add a zero to 140 four-year-olds before I get tired, and I'm like, you know what? It's time to go. Okay. I'm just thinking about the method, like how I would defend myself. And I think it'd be a really fun time... To test out my childhood favorite wrestling moves, I'd probably, I'd probably start rock bottoming. This is good. Yeah, this is like you know the choke slam. This is a real yeah. life yeah. Royal Rumble You're, that yeah. you get to. Yeah, and figure my, four. My favorite. Yeah, I would stone cold stump some of those four year olds. Man, James, James just made this a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's, See, defending I would, yourself doesn't have to be boring. <laughs> I would go a different route. I'd I'd go whack a mole style. <laughs> okay, just wow. like top of the head, bonk bonk, boom. Because like that's most efficient. So we have weapons now. Is there no. any? No, it's no. We're talking about like we're hand just, to hand. Yeah, you can't hand. bring in like yeah. a baseball bat. Okay. That's just too sad. Is there any part of you that would like try to like intimidate these four year olds <laughs> into stopping? Like that? they're like running at you, and you try to use all of your adult manness right. to mm. like scare them into like. Yeah, absolutely. Do you try that first, or do you make an example of the first like five? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this question has gone oh, on too long. <laughs> but I'm starting to think about our our five year old selves, you know, coming to our bodies now. Like <clears throat> the answers we gave, we wanted to, you know, go on spending sprees, you know, do whatever. Yeah. I would bribe these kids. You know, I oh, if this was a life and death fair. situation, I would take it out my take life much. savings. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Twenty dollars is probably more than it they've go, seen yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. but that's thought, actually that's a really good idea. I you, so you children. could you could keep your money and just kill them all, <laughs> or, or yeah. you could take out your life savings and give them all twenty yeah, bucks. It's more, yeah. It's coming down to morality. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with my uh, walls of jail. What's that? The crippler crossface? <laughs> Kurt Angle. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, here we go. Next question What would be the worst buy one, get one sale of all time? Why do I feel like I, this happened to me? What did I get? 
like what would you not at all be excited <laughs> about? There's some uh, weird things running through my mind right there. <laughs> like what? I mean, I don't know why I, I, this just came to mind, but a vasectomy. <laughs> like one it's not effective to get another one but i think just thinking would about this, <laughs> would this be like a would this be like a reverse yeah. situation like almost you get like it, yeah you went into it to, to get this done so you don't you have to reverse. worry yeah and then you have to get it undone yeah well you can like a, bank it in case later oh so like, like if you change your mind i see i see like <laughs> that's not a that's you're right that's not a good one no it's mm-hmm. not but yeah that that would be a tough buy one get one situation that just that just like made me think of like circumstances <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> when you man. start getting into medical procedures that's that's a that's bad that's not good see i kind of like the buy one get one vasectomy though <laughs> like <laughs> because you know, if you regret the first time uh-huh. and you reverse it mm. and then you're like oh i should probably do it again then you have that the one in the bank Oh, so you you wouldn't use the free one for the reversal. Right. You'd use the free one for the next one if you yeah. ever wanted to do it yeah. again. Okay. So it's like a backup to your backup. <laughs> right. All right. And I'm very indecisive, so I feel like that would be good. What if you had like a buddy that also was done having kids, and so you just both go in on the cost of one, mm-hmm. and he gets the free one? And that's, that's not good. bad. Right. That know? makes this buy right. one get one free. Let's make a pact. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're both, when we're all four of us are fifty five, <laughs> we'll both go. With we each need other. to find a doctor that's got a bogo <laughs> seal. <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe there's some good human, you know, listeners out there who are, you know, what, what do you call these <laughs> that are like, I'm hey, not, this is a great idea. Maybe I'll sponsor. Good human. I'll just go on record. I'm not sure that I would go to a doctor that had a bogo sale on. That is fair. Anything, I think. That is. <laughs> Mm. Unless it was like, no, I don't think I'd get a, a BOGO from any doctor. Yes. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a hard one. I can't think of anything. <laughs> because I just, I, like, I always love BOGO. I love <laughs> It's, I love a, it's BOGO. always like a very positive thing. <laughs> I can't turn it negative. Yeah. Well, because I think the, the, the thing that I was thinking about is what we had for dinner yesterday, which was like a Culver's cheeseburger. Okay. A BOGO. But, like, I didn't feel very good after eating it. Mm. But it was still bogo. Mm. It's kind of like so Panda buy Express. one food poisoning, get one free kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You can't really put a, a monetary value on, on that one. I don't know. But I love colors. <laughs> <laughs> Why would vasectomy be the first thing that pops into oh, your brain? I don't know. Maybe it's the crying baby in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, no, I love my kid. We talked about killing four-year-olds. Yes. And then, okay. All right. We have two more. What's invisible but you wish people could see? <laughs> my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say people's true intentions. Right. Okay. So if I if I saw somebody asking me for something, or if I saw somebody doing something nice, it'd be great if you just saw a bubble. It's like because I want to leave early, or <laughs> because I really want to raise, or something. Because I, I want know. something from you. Yeah. I um, I've always said that I I wish farts Ooh. were visible, <laughs> uh, 
and not only visible, but I wish there was like, I wish you could tell by the color of the fart how bad it was. Ooh. So like, bl- like if it was just like a black right. cloud, that's like the worst, right? <laughs> yeah. Those are like the silent but deadly, yeah. like the nasty ones. That's and then green would be like, you know, like sort of like yeah. mid, like you, like, like you could be tolerable. like proud of it, but it looks, it's like tolerable, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. like the, like the little, like no scent scout, what the, the just the little ones that you shoot out, they could be like pink yeah. or something like that. Man. But I've always wished that farts were, I don't know why visible. That, <laughs> that that got me laughing because I saw an article just with this recent polar vortex in the Midwest <laughs> and in Chicago. Um, there is no, you know, color, but yeah. for those who 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 made the trip outside and and decide to let one out, I've never thought about that before. <laughs> that would be visible though. Yeah. Oh, that's but amazing. Because of the cold temperatures, there would be residue on people's pants Ew. from farting out during the sub-zero temperature. Like, oh, my gosh. Like frost? There was frost on people's oh, butts. Wow. It's like fart frost. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. So it's not as far away from what, you know, you're hoping. So I just thought I'd share that, you know, maybe instead of, you know, <clears throat> color, the closest thing maybe moving to Antarctica. Okay. You might get something. Okay. But, like, even if you did see it, would you, like, walk around it or walk through it like if i mm. saw somebody's fart right a hundred percent of walking around it really yeah also useful in the situation like in those elevator situations where it smells like fart but no like everybody's like straight face looking straight forward yeah and you can just kind of like tell where the concentration is it's probably the person that did it so you just want to out that person yeah right but also, I've been that person. So, like, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this the other day, too. You know the best place to fart? Mm. On a plane. Why? Because, I mean, like, other than, like, alone, mm-hmm. where people don't have to stand it. But, like, there's so much air circulating on a plane. Ah. You can, like, do the nastiest fart on a plane, and it's not even an issue. What it's going to go away, like, immediately. I speak from experience. Oh. I was just on a plane last week, and I let out a pretty bad one. Uh-huh. And I smelled it, but Cecilia was right next to me, and she didn't say a word, and she always says something if she smells it. Mm. So I think she was probably sleeping. <laughs> but, like, there's, like, there's just so much. I think it's just because there's so much air just moving all the time. Can't smell it. All right. <clears throat> uh, I really want to see fart frost on somebody's pants someday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last question, and so this is the question I ask everybody that's on the podcast, and it's because the name of the podcast is Good Humans. So this is a big question, but there's no wrong answers, so like whatever's in your heart. So the question I always ask is, because the name of the podcast is Good Humans, what does it mean to be a good human? Like, what does that look like? How do you do that? This one's, this one's deep, but I mean, I just go with the first thing that comes to mind. And I mean, not to get religious, but uh, I just think of the commandment, you know, love your neighbor. Mm. And and I think when it comes to, you know, we can't really gauge or like judge others based on what they do. But what we can control, you know, for ourselves as humans is just to to genuinely love your neighbor. And I think that 
in and of itself will help us to be good humans, right? If you if you truly love someone that you you possibly don't know, you know, you don't know their history, but um, just genuinely wanting to do good for them and and to show that extend that love, I think makes you a good human because I don't know, just thinking about all the other things that you could do, you know, like good acts and things like that. <clears throat> and in the day it could be for selfish reasons, you know, for other intentions. And I think the core of it is if you loved your neighbor, you know, I think good things would generally just flow out of that. Yeah, I think you're right. There's <laughs> like, there's a lot of like things you could do, but it all would stem, I think from yeah. love. Yeah. That's a good answer. What do you guys got? I think mine is um, the first thing that came to my mind is probably a little bit more situational. Um, it all, it's almost like if you ask me this a month or two later, um, I might be in a different place. But right now I'm just working 70 hours a week and <laughs> with my coworkers all the time. And what's been most eye-opening for me is how much investing in... Um, person who's struggling with something or just wants companionship how far that goes when you really do sacrifice um you know sort of like your attentiveness um away from yourself a little bit more away from others but to that person um just investing in that person and that a lot of that a lot of the, it's like it's very worth it you know and if i can give you a quick specific example because this kind of sounds like a little bit rambling like the other day, my coworker came up to me, or you know, one of my direct reports. We were having a catch up, and she was like, "James, I, I, I reached a breaking point last night. I couldn't stand what this person said, how they said it. It was very passive aggressive, and I'm gonna be honest. At like nine or ten p.m., uh, you know, at that point we we're still in the office. She went to the bathroom and started bawling, and so she's telling me this the next day, and I could clearly see she was defeated. Um, and so the first thing I thought of was, holy crap, I want to get back to my desk to, um, like, I don't want this to drag too much, but, you know, I want to try to find a solution to help her feel better so that they don't quit, you know, and like we can keep the ship afloat. But, um, you know, I just thought to myself, I'm going to slow down, show them I really want to, um, care about like to get to the core, like a little bit deeper, you know, not even on some psychology stuff, but yeah. really try to prod a little bit more. And once we got to the sort of like that deeper level and I could tell she felt genuinely supported and cared for, oh, it made all the difference. And that I think it really put her in a better place. Uh, you know, she was literally walk, ready to walk out the door, but, um, you know, she was laughing and joking. And the next night or that night, she stayed again to like 10 or 11, but she left not crying. She was laughing, um, you know, like asking like, oh, who's going home right now? And, you know, so much chipper. And I just think like a little goes so long. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to be like, no, I can get back to my show later. This person, you know, it's not, it's not like you're a superhero. You're not like yeah. trying to solve their problems. You're not Jesus. But like at the end of the day, <clears throat> it really is like put that extra investment. It's worth it. Even if it means giving more of yourself, resources, time, money, et cetera. Um, it's just worth it. Yeah. At the end. Um, really is. I don't know. I read something one time that said um, like specifically talking about like jobs and stuff like that, that people don't quit companies. They quit people. 
Um, just meaning like whether it's bosses or coworkers or whatever, it's usually, it's usually the interpersonal relationships happening that are why people leave, not so much a company or like what they're getting paid or whatever else. <clears throat> but I think it's like, I think that's true probably of like most situations. Like when you, like when somebody like falls off the face of the earth or whatever, it's not like, usually it's not because of how much pressure they're under or whatever. Although I'm sure that's part of it. But I think a lot of times it's because like they don't feel like they're being heard or valued or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to find a place where they do feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think mine is similar to both Ooze and James. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, there has to be a, an outward focus on like, you know, the people around you and, you know, obviously there has to be a care for the people that matter most to you. But I think, I think, you know, we see that currently, but I wonder if, like, what kind of conflicts there are when there's opposing communities that are outward-focused but in conflict with one another, I guess. But I don't know, like, um, I think definitely when a person is more others-focused than self-centered, guess that's reflects a good person but i like it there's <clears throat> there's obviously like the the whole thing of like if you're not healthy you can't help other people so it's not i'm sure it's not like you're not saying like never focus on yourself right, but it's right. more of like a you know not everything has to be about me type situation. I, I was just talking to somebody else. I just interviewed somebody else for the podcast, um, which I think is probably going to release before this one does. But, um, his name's Christopher, uh, Swan. And he also does a podcast called, um, my big story. And he, like he and I were talking, he mentioned something about, um, or we were talking about like the themes that like continually come up in like his work and like some of the people I talk to. And one of the ones that's been coming up for me the most recently is perspective. Um, and just like, like you were saying, like there's like, even when there's outward focus, there's still opposing viewpoints sometimes and like exactly how best to help people. Mm-hmm even if you're being outward focused. <clears throat> so like, and the fact that like two people can grow up two blocks from each other and live by all appearances, essentially like the same exact life and still have a different interpretation of those experiences. And it turns them into completely different people. Like, you know, whatever, like whatever your political uh, opinions or, or whatever, like <laughs> I don't, if, if you like really like nailed somebody down and, and asked them like seriously, I don't think anybody would say they legitimately believe that like Donald Trump gets up in the morning and he's like, how can I like make the world a worse place today? You know, or like if Hillary had won, like, I don't think anybody would be like, yeah, she gets up in the morning and like tries to figure out how to like make people worse than they were yesterday and make the world worse. Like we may not agree with what people do or decisions they make, but 
they have a reason that they're doing that. Um, and that's not to say I think Donald Trump is outward focused or Hillary is outward focused or whomever. I'm just saying, like, um, to like to go along with that, I think like focusing outwardly is is good. But then, like, when those conflicts happen, understanding that there's there's probably a reason people are doing it the way they're doing it too. And you know, everybody's just trying to do what they think is right. And so, I think perspective is important. Well, cool. I uh, you you guys feel good? Yeah. No longer podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think that wraps us up. We had to run and uh, take care of the baby again. She was she was not happy about being left out of things. Oh, here she is! Oh my goodness. Hi. Just in time for the end of the podcast. No, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. This was fun. I appreciate it. This is a good birthday. Hi. Can you say hi? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Well, people of Earth, thank you so much for listening. And uh, oh, no. I upset the baby. Thank you for listening. Um, and until next week, be good to each other.